Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. We are on. We're recording live in person in the Manhattan Beach studio. Woohoo! Excited. Manhattan Beach. It's like the beach in New York City. And we're still not doing video. I know. Even though we're in person. <laughs> Y'all have to realize the barrier to entry is high for it is video. So high. Our audio is very low. I was talking to Jeff the other day. I go, if I could start over, I would have done video five years ago. But also, we wouldn't have had a podcast if we did that because nope. we would have never done it. <laughs> Right. We you know what's weird is like, I feel like YouTube is having like a resurgence, which I know it like hasn't gone anywhere, but like in my mind, it went somewhere. Like mm-hmm. I stopped doing it. Remember it was like, I think I started in 2008, my yeah. channel. Yep. And then I was just doing like talking head videos that were terrible and just putting random shit on there. I have a lot of videos on there. I think I have like maybe 4,000 followers or subscribers yeah. on YouTube. But like, remember we were doing a lot of that yeah, and I then about, I just stopped. I got about 4,000 subscribers too. I was doing little workout videos and talking head videos. Yep. I feel like Twitter went through the same thing though. Like yep. 2011, 12, I was pumped on Twitter. Like it was so much fun. And then I felt like nobody was doing it. And now people are on Twitter again. Yep. Elon's on Twitter. Yeah. And there's always, like, I feel like the Twitter crowd and YouTube crowds are definitely like very different where I feel like there's overlap with Instagram and Facebook. I think when yeah. Instagram popped on the scene, that just, it just took over. Yeah. And I don't know. And people went back. And now they're scrambling because Instagram is, is sucking. And when is MySpace coming back? I <laughs> Dude, I tried to pull up my page for Keith. I was like, oh my God, look at this. Like we were talking about something. I couldn't even pull it up. Like it wouldn't even load. Like <laughs> I knew I still went to the, it's still there. The page is still there. But, like wouldn't even load. I'm like, oh, they just don't even keep, keep up with this oh, domain God. anymore. I know. I know. It's so funny. So today I wanted to talk about this came from a reel, which did I send it to you? No, I sent it to you. You sent it to me. Okay. I was like, I don't know where I came this because I, you sent it to me and then I sent it to other people too. So I couldn't remember who <laughs> sent it to you. Um, this reel by a guy named Primal Daddy. Uh, Matt Bundy, he's a comedian, apparently, I'm looking at his page. And he did this reel about non-consensual coaching. And you have to, I mean, if, I don't know how you'll find it, because just go to Primal Daddy's page. Maybe there's a, maybe on the front you can, it's labeled. But he, it's very, I mean, it's funny, it's well done. He basically is talking about uh, going to a party and he's having a drink. And then some guy is like, why are you drinking for? Like, why are you trying to escape, you know, and just giving him unsolicited advice, but like coaching advice. And he talks about how this is rampant in this community. And I just died laughing because I've seen it so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, there's a lot of coaches here listening. And sometimes I feel like it's hard to take your coach hat off and you can find yourself coaching people. You can find yourself coaching friends. So just wanted to have a conversation around this. Mm -hmm. Like, when is it okay to just go into coach mode how do you get out of coach and, mode yeah and also like know who to coach mm. like you know and it's funny because i'm actually thinking about this moment <laughs> this is really cringeworthy actually this was i started doing personal development work in like 2011 
reading a lot of personal development books, positive psychology books, really getting into like, oh, wow, I really have a say over how I see the situation or I can I can perceive it in a certain way, I have a choice here. Instead of it feeling like everything was being done to me, I started being like, oh, I actually have a say in how I perceive this and I can change it. This is when I started reading Byron Katie's work and getting into all that kind of stuff. And I re- there's a phase when you first start going down that path. And maybe this happened with you too, where I don't want to say you feel like elite or you feel better than, or you feel entitled, but on some, you almost feel like someone unlocked like the next level of a game. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, I understand this game more in some way, shape or form, which, which inherently is like a good thing. It's like, I can understand why people do things and I can see myself. I can see that in myself and I can see the way that person that triggers me. And you're like, all of a sudden it's this like massive self-awareness. And this kind of is funny because it's, it's kind of similar to the conversation we had last week about when does personal development become like personal obsession? Uh, but I remember I went through a phase where I did feel not like better than, but I felt like every opportunity was an opportunity to like practice gratitude or uncover, you know, like insecurity or like just it, you go through that and you also want people in your life to feel the revelation that you feel, mm. you know? And so I remember within my relationship, I was married at the time. And he had done personal development work on his own, but he was in like kind of a headspace where he was going through some stuff personally, like with now I know it was with his mistress, but like he was really going down this path of like negativity and feeling, you know, like people were out to get him and stuff like that. And he's very transparent about this so I can talk about it. But, and I remember this one time where I was just like, what if you just, what if you just saw this as like an opportunity to feel grateful? Like, what if you, and it's like, inherently, that's not like a bad thing to say, right? Like it's, it's a valid like tool, right? But it was like wrong person, wrong time, wrong moment, you know? And I remember he just was like, Jill, what the fuck? You don't, you don't think I know what gratitude is? You don't think I've like read about that? I know that's like, he just like went off and like, and again, that's just like a whole other level. But I remember that so funny because at the time I was like, oh my God, he's like biting my head off. I'm just trying to help, right? I'm just trying to help. I think that's what we, we make it mean. Like I'm just trying to be helpful. But know where you should be helpful. Know who you should be helpful with and let them ask you for help or, or, or say something that requires like, you know, an open-ended curiosity or something like that. And so it was just, and so I do validate that if you're a new coach and maybe you've just found mindset work, you're going to go through a period where you do feel like you have this revelation that not a lot of people know about and you just want to spread the word. It's almost like evangelistic, right? In yes, a way. Yes. And then you're like, well, my partner's not on board. And like, you just have all these things. I want everyone to know about this and everyone to be on this level. And then you just get to the point where like, this is a personal journey. And that's sort of where I end up getting to. Where I was like, I can be on this journey myself without everyone else in my life needing to be on the same journey. <laughs> The gratitude one is so real and funny because it made me think of someone doing that to me, which (laughs) when we did the podcast about my depression and I was sharing this on social media and it was after I had been feeling, you know, better and I had worked through some things and also like it just was very short sighted, but I posted about depression and we did a whole podcast episode on it and somebody well-meaning, of course, writes in the comments like, have you thought about gratitude practice and I was like honestly (laughs) like I again like same thing as Jade is like I've heard of gratitude before yes absolutely and this has nothing to do with what I'm feeling right now and it's not helpful and I'm sure they meant the best of it and maybe have never been down that path of, of having any kind of suicidal thoughts but I was like not helpful 
It's really not <laughs> like what this is about. And it wasn't what it was about. You know, right. I felt I felt like I had the most amazing friends. I had a lot of support. Things in my life were going great. And that was also part of the problem that was so uh, distressing. I'm like, things are going well for me. And I still want to jump in front of a car and I can't help this. So this little coaching moment was like, this, leave this to the professionals right now. Like, let me figure this out, but thank you, but no thank you. And I think that's, that is it. I think that it does come sometimes from this place of you learn something, you're new, you're excited, and you're like, and it Let's transforms into your this. own life, <laughs> yes. right? Like, you have a major transformation, and you're like, God, this is like, I feel yes. like this is such an amazing tool. I wish more people did it. And, you know, to something like that, again, the person has the best intentions, right? Yeah, so, one yeah. of this, but it's also, to me, it's short sighted and yeah. it's belittling someone's like true experience. You know, even when I found out my ex husband was having an affair, I remember talking to someone, and they were like, you know, is there anything you can find? Is there a lesson you could, I was like, not the right time, dude, not <laughs> yeah. the time. Not, right. Like not. I get where you're like intellectually, I get where you're going, yeah. but there's like a tone deafness that happens sometimes when you're like not, and it's hard because, and you and I are both coaches. So you have to know, like, is this the right time? Is this person really desiring this deeper conversation yeah. or they just need you to agree with them right now? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, you know, this, there's that example that we just gave of someone with the good intentions and they're trying to be helpful, but I have also seen the, I wouldn't say it's bad intentions, but I'd say it's like this, they're trying almost to be seen as better than, or the the coach so that you will hire them or so that you can somehow look like you're on a higher level. So we went to, I met some friends, um, chick I knew online, met her for drinks and her partner was a coach. And so it was just supposed to be a fun little relax, like, you know, let's chill, let's talk, let's get to know each other. And the dude who's a coach, he's supposed to be like this coach of high income people supposedly or something. And he just starts coaching up my boyfriend, trying to coach my boyfriend to stuff. He has no idea what he's talking about. And he's just like, so why do you feel like you're not good enough to to be the CEO of this company. So at the time, Jeff was, you know, working, he's still part of this startup and they were looking to hire a new CEO. And he's like, why do you think you can't be the CEO? And he's like, well, this is not my skill set. I'm not really, this is a very technical company, you know, in these kind of conditions, they need to have somebody who's technical know-how and we might be selling the company. So there needs to be like, they need to have some credentials behind them. And I don't have those credentials. Very real reasons to not be the CEO of a company. It wasn't a belief issue, but this guy kept pushing it as if Jeff didn't have a belief in himself. And so it was this most uncomfortable thing because we just wanted to change the conversation. And he just kept pushing it as if it was this, this lack of belief in himself that he couldn't be the boss. And we're like, one, he didn't ask for the coaching. And two, he wasn't really listening either. He wasn't listening to what was coming out of Jeff's mouth. And it was like, yo, you're one, we didn't ask you to coach. Two, this isn't a coaching scenario. And three, we're just explaining it. We're telling a story. And so that kind of unsolicited stuff when you're trying to like act better just and feels you're also so trying uncomfortable. trying to connect. Yes. Like, that's why I love that you said that the person was maybe trying to, maybe just like subconsciously, which is ironic because this person feels like they're at a, like a higher level of awareness yet they don't, they're, they don't have the awareness to know like, <laughs> yeah. hey man, like we're all just friends yeah. and we're all on the same level and we're all like trying to connect. Yeah. If you pull a status play, it automatically is a disconnection. Mm -hmm. It's automatically like, oh, this guy needs to be up here, which means I have to be down here and we're not connecting anymore. Yeah. And so that's why having things that like, you know, 
one of my favorite qualities about you is, and my brother Dan, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, Danny Coleman, is like you guys do self-deprecation at times, which, you know, and it's not to put yourself down necessarily, but it's to connect. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a, um, you know, it's the humility of being like, yes, I totally get that. And that's why people feel connected to you guys is because you don't need to be up here, even though you probably could in a lot of scenarios, you could coach someone, you could help them if, and you have helped a lot of people. But like when you're just connecting with like a peer, yeah. when someone does a status play, you're like, wait, I thought we're all hanging out. Like now all of a sudden we're in a coaching <laughs> right. and it's just so repellent. Yeah. Like you immediately want to be like, no, dude, I'm good. Like if we were connecting, if we were vibing all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I see what's happening here. And it's fine. Again, it's one of those things where I think because people get excited because that's what they do with, with their clients all day long. But is it like, what's the scenario? And also if you have something to say, because something maybe you just get a hit as you're listening to someone and our friend Elizabeth Dialdo is really good at this. Um, she will always say, hey, I just had a thought are you okay with me sharing it? Or would you be okay with me sharing it? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I can take it for what it is a friend, you know, just giving their perspective. You know, I always really appreciated that. So that's, that's consensual coaching. <laughs> Do <laughs> yes. you agree yes. for me to give you an insight? Yes. And it's so much more better, well-received. Yeah when someone does that. So yeah, it is unsolicited. It is a non-consensual coaching. Yeah. It's like, Hey bro. No. Well, in the little skit, he, the guy basically sees someone drinking and he's like, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to have fun. And he's like, what is, you know, it's this a trauma response. Like basically assuming that the drinking is a trauma response and he's avoiding something or he's like, no, I'm just having a fucking drink. I think that's the thing too. It's the assumption that there's something deeper when you're like, we're just doing a thing right now. I'll let you know if there's something deeper and we can have that conversation at another time. But that is not what this is about. And I've, you know, I've also had this because I've been, we just had this conversation on our walk, but because I've been vulnerable and sharing different parts of my story, sometimes people want to offer me some advice where I'm just sharing the story, but I'm really far past the, the stuff going on. You know, I like, I'm not, I'm not, actively grieving, you know, things that happened 20 years ago. I'm not really still struggling with some of these things I've talked about and they're trying to give me suggestions. I'm like, thank you for those suggestions. But that was like who I was. I'm just sharing the story. I'm not saying like, this is what I, my current struggle is. And so again, it's how does like, that make you feel that like, that would piss me off when people are like <laughs> hugs. And I'm like, I just told a story from 20 years right, ago. I'm right, fine. Right. right. Oh, thinking about you. It's like, don't think about me. Actually. I know. I, sometimes I felt like it's condescending. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I've definitely had some people in my DMS where they're offering some, I'm like, well, you don't know if you need to talk. I'm like, you don't know me. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I'm actually probably doing better. I could probably help you with your shit more than you could help me with your shit. But it definitely makes me just go, okay, they don't get it. No, you know, right. I'm just like, mm, okay, thank you. Yep. Thanks so much. Yep. What a help. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. So then where is the right time to put your coach hat on and where is maybe the wrong time to put your coach hat on? So I think it's when people ask for one. 
or they're paying you to coach. But I would, I mean, same thing with fitness, you know, I would get this. And I, I also want to say, it's actually not even always when people ask, because some people ask and it's not real what they really want. So this is an example from when we were trainers. People would always ask me like, what do you eat? What do I need to eat to get a six pack? And I would be like, let me tell you, this is exactly, I know what to do. They didn't really want to know. And I feel like I was giving a lot of my energy and effort to like really trying to help them understand nutrition when they were just really like, they just wanted to know if they could get abs and if it would be hard or easy. And they wanted to know the answer that it would be easy and just give me like a two word answer. They didn't really want to know. So I'm sitting here like, well, you have to, you know, eat really lean and it's not about doing crunches. It's all about your diet. And I'm just going into (laughs) how you get abs. And their fucking eyes are glazing over. Like they really didn't fucking want to know. And they didn't want to be coached up on it. And they didn't really want to program, even though they're like, just write me something. Like I would do all of that stuff and realize that they didn't really want it. So you kind of have to have some level of self-awareness and uh, social cues (laughs) to know when people are asking you a question, do they really want the thing? And a lot of coaching really involves asking more questions and being inquisitive. So I think this is also a piece of being a good coach is more so, I used to think it was having all the answers and knowing, but now I think being a good coach is knowing that your customer or client, client I should say, has the answers within them and it's you helping unlock them and then maybe giving them some insights or ways to figure that out. Not that they, they may not know everything because you have more experience, but ways to help them unlock and figure out what's going to work best for them. So coaching isn't really just like, I have all the answers. I'm going to tell you how to do everything. It's really unlocking their potential, helping them figure it out, helping them find what's the best, I don't know, launch sequence for them. What's the best meal plan for them, whatever. So unfortunately you can't really do like on the spot coaching all the time. I've seen, you know, and this is something that's kind of interesting and I never thought about it until I started saying it was you see these like Tony Robbins or like these big events where they do like on the spot coaching. Someone raises their hand, yep. they ask a question and then they just like dig in. A lot of times I feel like the person who got coached on the spot afterwards, like if you've been to one of these events and you kind of talk to them after, like when they're off stage, they're like, well, kind of really wasn't what I wanted or it's not what they meant, but they just like agree and nod and act like it's cool just to get the spotlight off of them in the group setting. I think those are very interesting scenarios. They can work, but more often than not, things take a little bit more than like a three question and you figure out the person's issue and you like solve it on the spot. Well, I think that's hard too, especially if you're someone like Tony Robbins or some of these more advanced, like more experienced coaches, you probably think it's so easy to, to be like, to do the checklist, right? Oh, they're drinking. Oh, they're unhappy. Oh, I've seen this before. And like use a template to be like, well, you just need to do this and whatever. It's like very, it can be formulaic because you almost have so much experience Mm -hmm. that you just, you corner someone into like a, Oh, you just like, Oh, that's that. Oh, that's that. And like, and it's, and maybe sometimes it works. But one of the things that I was going to say is any, even if you're coaching someone who's paying you to coach them, I still think it's valuable to find connection first before coaching. So for example, if you're in a coaching scenario or even with a friend, you know, you and I, I mean, I guess we technically coach each other at times Number one, because I trust you, right? If someone random at a party is like, is like, you know, did you, do you have like a, what, what about your childhood? Did you have a traumatic childhood? I'm like, what the fuck are you? Why would I share that with you <laughs> yeah, right now? Yeah. 
But you and I trust each other and we also respect each other. And it's so, so you have to ask, what's the relationship to this person? Have you done anything to gain their trust? Have you done anything to show them like that you're worthy of their respect? Yeah. Or are you just random person asking questions? You know, in the skit, in the reel that we're talking about, one of the, the people is, they come up party and, and say, you know, are you drinking that because of your trauma or whatever it is, yeah. right? So technically that is a question, right? But I think even in those scenarios where someone is asking for advice and if I share something with you and I want your take on it, you'll always ask questions first and you'll always validate my concern always, right? So you have to validate first where you say, or you make the person feel normal. Mm. You know, if someone's just like, are you drinking? It's, oh, there's this elitist, very like, you know, um, like I'm better than sort of feel to it versus if it's just like, yeah, man, we all like to escape sometimes. Like, you know, totally normal. Like, you know, all of us, I don't know that you can be a human without having a degree of escapism. I think we all do that. But my question for you is, like, how does that make you feel when you start doing it consistently? Like when you wake up in the morning, you know, how does, what's the emotion you feel, right? It's like, there's so many other ways to make the person feel safe in that scenario. And I think you have to validate what they're feeling first before you jump on and try and coach them and like give advice. Oh, it's so good. I think people skip that and then just go right to like giving advice. Like, oh, well, you should just start, you should cut the drinking right now because you probably are escaping because you're, you know, your dad was an alcoholic, your mom was, and you're like, okay, now I feel like an idiot and I wish I didn't share anything with you. Right. I definitely don't feel safe in this scenario. Uh, It's just, it's very... It's a very interesting thing with so many coaches out there too. And I guess the piece that I that bothers me the most is the the more like I'm better than you and I have the solutions. And I think that's some a trap that we can get into as coaches is thinking that we have the solutions for everyone. And your cus- your client, I don't know why I keep saying customer. Your client really especially in the case of life coaching, I'm not going to say maybe business coaching because they haven't run a business before, but let's say life coaching cuz this I kind of feel like this is more of a life coaching skit. Your client, your customer, your client knows deep down what they need. And it's for up to you to like pull those kind of things out, right? Like a lot of times we have it within ourselves and maybe we don't know the answer right now, but helping your client get to the answer within themselves is probably the best thing you could do as a coach. Giving them the answer, they may not be ready to receive that. And like, maybe, you know, you're like, I know what's fucking wrong with them. But what's more impactful of you telling them what's wrong with them or them going, oh my gosh, I get it now. Like it did come from my childhood. If they figure that out on their own, that's more powerful for them because they're like, then things will start to click and they'll start to figure it out. You just going, hey, uh, your dad was an alcoholic, so you're probably fucked up from that. Well, great. Yeah, thanks. I probably knew that. But there's going to be a way that you can get someone to come to their own conclusions. And that's always going to be more powerful. Same thing with like, and we really don't know what someone's life is. Like, let's say relationship stuff. Some best relationship coaches, I know, they never tell you what to do. They're not, if you're like, should I leave this person or stay? They don't have the answer. They're like, well, let's talk about it. Let's see. Is this person abusive to you? Is this like, they're going to lead you to give the answer to them. And I think that's really how the best coaching should be done. Like maybe the person is fucking abusive, but they can say, they can flip it back to you. Are they abusive to you? Or do they, do they cheat on you? Are they terrible? Do they talk bad? Yes, they do. And then they might just give you a look like, what do you think? So you just have to say the answer yourself. And I think that's where better coaching comes in and where, you know, we're just not as coaches. We're not like the genie who knows everything Mm -hmm. We're you know, and I think that's where it comes off as just like 
the non-consensual, like, you don't know me. Why are you trying to act like you do? You don't have all the answers for me. And yeah, it's just weird. I mean, I think the be- the best coaches are the ones who know that they don't know, mm. right? Where they're just like, okay, allowing for things to develop at the pace that they're going to develop at, yeah. right? And allowing for their client to have the full experience of of coming around to whatever the answer is for them. You know, the idea that, I don't know, even stuff like it feels, um, what's the word? Just like morally superior mm. to be like well, I'm sure there's a lesson in here, right? Like no timing, like pick up on like social cues, you know, like humble yourself first. So the person feels more connected to you. It's like basic stuff. But also I do like the idea like Elizabeth does where she's like, Hey, do you mind if I give you like something that's coming up for me right now? And just say it like that. Do you want to be like, Hey, do you mind if I give you a coaching tip? Yeah. Cause now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, fine. Like I didn't know we were in therapy. I was just trying to fucking hang out, you know? So I think pick up on that stuff too. And it's hard because I'm also like, you have to have a degree of, of a like self-awareness, social awareness. So if you're doing this stuff, like I was, it's just more about, I don't know. I think someone's going to trust you and actually care about your advice a lot more if they feel connected to you. Right. And that sort of status hierarchy does not instill a level of trust or respect. Yeah. So yeah, I think non-consensual coaching is consensual coaching is actually the perfect word for it. Yeah, it really is. You know, and it's hard to me. It's, it does feel a little bit like a bell shaped curved, right? It's almost like before I started doing personal development work, uh, reading any books, I was sort of just going through life, like kind of blind, you know, just like not really putting the pieces together, feeling very victimized by things. Like feeling like the world's out to get me blaming and complaining a lot. And then you get, you start to read these books and you start to get exposed to some of these ideas and like, you just feel like a whole new world opens up to you and you just want everyone else to experience that. It's kind of like religion, right? It's like, it's kind of like, I want everyone to be saved. I want everyone to have this information. I just need to get it out there. And then I think you get to the point where you and I are, which is like, yes, we know these things. Yes, we practice these things too, but we realize that personal development really is so much more of a personal journey. Mm. And you realize that people deserve really to have their own experience of these things and to go through, like you said, to come to, come to their answer themselves. And that's some of the hardest things is to see friends or family members or people you are close to, like you, you can see where they should go. You can see where like the better place, the better path would be, but you have to let them get there on their own time and in their own way. Otherwise it's just not going to work. And I think what's tricky about that is sometimes we don't, we think we know what the better path is and we don't, you know, I've, I found where there's been times like, let's say relationship stuff where I'm. I really feel like someone should leave their partner. I'm like, they're dick. You should leave them. And then later on it works out and their relationship is like, it's better than it ever was. They're working out well together. Like they're more in love. Affairs like are a good example where I've seen people, we even had someone on the podcast uh, early on where they're like, I'm glad my husband had an affair because we're closer than ever. So those were things where I'm like, I don't know. Like it actually can work. Like your relationship might end up better than it was before the affair. So I, what do I know? Like, I can't tell you to break up with somebody or leave them or whatever, you know, whatever it is to do. Same thing with, and I, this was a struggle this year with my dad. I was kind of trying to manage his money and stuff and he was doing some dumb shit. And I'm like, you know what? I just have to let him do it, do what he's got to do. Like maybe rock bottom is what he needs. Maybe he won't get there. I was starting to catastrophize in my mind. I'm like, he's going to lose everything. He'll be homeless. And then I'm like, well, 
what if he does? What if he is? Like, maybe that's what he needs. I don't know. Like, I've had plenty of rock bottom moments and I needed them. I needed to get on the struggle bus. I mean, maybe I didn't need them. I could have learned the lessons, but I did learn the lessons I needed uh, from those things. So sometimes it's just like, let the people figure it out. And you may not be right. Like, or maybe they do need to crash and burn, but that is the thing they need. Like you might be right. They need to stop drinking or they need to leave this relationship, but maybe now's not the time. And it's so hard when you just like, it's like on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I just want to say something. <laughs> but I think again, you get to the point where maybe you and I are, where we just, I just go, it's not my business. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, that's not my business and not in a way where I don't want to be helpful. I think sometimes it's not like I don't care. I yeah. do care deeply. But I also realized that my pace isn't someone else's pace. It doesn't have to be someone else's pace. And I personally don't want, I didn't want to be robbed of my own lessons. Yeah. You know, so if someone was like, hey, get over this faster. Like I remember I went to a, um, a therapist for a while when I first got to LA and she did finally say to me, Jill, like I never say this to anyone, but like you have to cut him off, my ex-husband, because he was out here in LA. And, you know but it had been a year, you know, and I, it still took me some time. I still had to arrive at that yeah. myself. It still took me like another like six weeks or, or two couple of months to like really let that sink in, have the full experience and then decide of my own volition to yeah. cut him off. And so, you know, I think don't rob people of their lessons. Don't re- rob people of their, the full experience, which can be hard when you love someone yeah. or you care about someone, you know, you want to see them like, and I'm sure for those of you who are listening, who are parents, I'm sure this is a thousand times harder when you see your kids maybe going in a direction that you feel like is not a good direction. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I feel like if you're, they're an adult and they deserve to get the lessons, however they're going to get them. That's hard. Yep. And this last thing I want to add to this is this also includes uh, unsolicited coaching on social media (laughs) because we're talking about kind of in person and talking to somebody, but I see this too, where the comments, there's like in the comments section, you're coaching people up and it's like, if they didn't ask specifically in the caption for your coaching, you don't need to coach in the captions or in the comment <laughs> section either. Yeah. There's just a lot of that going on where, and that's kind of where it happened to me with the depression thing. It was in the comments and I'm like, okay, you d- literally don't even know me in person. Like we don't have each other's phone numbers. You know, why are you putting in the comment section telling, you know, giving me advice here? Like this is not the proper place. So also the comment section is not the proper place to do coaching. I just feel like they want to be helpful, you know, which I'm like, yes, I get, but also just read the room. I mean, (laughs) not, this is not the room to do it, but you know, that's the thing about having a personal brand too. I think a lot of people who maybe follow you feel close to you, you know, and, and it's hard because you don't feel close to them because you're just like, I don't know who this is, Mm -hmm. but they feel close to you because they do know you. So they're like, ah, I want to help Danny. I want to be there for her. I want to be the person. Whenever that happens for me, like when I ever I get someone like commenting or like, you know, wanting to say something different. Like I've, I've had people in the comment section be like, this is bad grammar and shit like that, where I'm just like, cool, start your own page with perfect grammar. I don't fucking know what to tell you. Like start, you know, like I would love you start your own page with all of your coaching ideas. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it definitely feels like it's a status play. And I think that for me, at the that's the ultimate in ick, really. The ultimate ick. <laughs> well, let us know if you've been uh, non-consensually coached and how that went. What happened and what did the person say and yeah. how did it make you feel and maybe how could they have done it different? Uh, would love to hear from you. Thank you guys. We have uh, some great episodes coming up from the 
private Facebook group, we've had some really juicy stuff in there. And what's nice in these, uh, what's nice is you can post anonymously. So if you don't want us to know and you have a question, you can post in there. It's go to thebestlifepodcast.com and there's a link on our website to join the group. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you guys. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.